Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of the Potter's House in Virginia Beach. church with a worldwide vision for winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. We're a Pentecostal church affiliated with the Christian Fellowship Ministries. We hope you enjoy today's sermon. Maybe you heard the tragic news this afternoon. I was just uh, uh, having a, a, a short time of rest and up on my phone pops a message that I could hardly believe my eyes message came across that NBA superstar Kobe Bryant died in a tragic helicopter crash earlier today. What a terrible, terrible news, and uh, I wish that was the end of it, but it's not. Apparently his 13-year-old daughter was with him in the helicopter, and they both perished in that crash today. And as soon as I saw that, my mind began to flood, my heart began to break. Because what a, a cultural icon and a figure that he was and, and uh, continues to be in our, in our nation as a premier NBA superstar, but more than that, an incredible athlete, uh, give back to his community, did incredible work, and uh, all around great guy. Uh, I know the people of Los Angeles right now are going nuts. For 20 years, he was part of the culture in, uh, in Los Angeles. And uh, I'm just looking at social media and all everybody is pouring out uh, condolences and heartfelt messages. And, uh, even, and what I was amazed at is across the board, everybody that I saw who had commented on it, Range, uh, incredible range of different kind of people from Christians. I saw Franklin Graham offering condolences. I saw Barack Obama on Twitter. I saw even President Trump and many, many other politicians. But from one end to the other of our culture, everyone now pouring out uh, condolences and expressing the loss that Kobe Bryant represented to our culture. And as I'm seeing this, I'm looking at this and thinking about this, and I said, I have to bring this before the congregation. And so tonight I want to, uh, add with, with this terrible, tragic event in mind, I want you to turn to James chapter 4. And I want to take the opportunity to remind you of the fragility of life. Kobe Bryant did not wake up this morning thinking that he would, was going to be facing his maker. He did not plan this morning to go down in a helicopter crash, and yet that is exactly what played out. One of the truths of life is that you don't know what's coming tomorrow, do you? I want to take this opportunity tonight to remind you that life is so fragile and we must take every day seriously. James chapter 4, verse 13. This is exactly what our scripture reminds us tonight. It says, Come now, 
You who say today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city, spend a year there, buy and sell, make a profit. Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. Everybody said amen. You do not know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. Father, we come by the blood of Jesus tonight. We come with a spirit of heaviness and grief over the tragic loss of someone that we know and someone that we've seen in previous years. God, it shocks the conscience, but I pray tonight that you would use this tragic event to remind us that every day is precious and that we ought to treat it in that way. You've given us life and we ought to use that life for greater things and not selfish things. We thank you for all that you're going to do in Jesus' mighty name. God's people would say, amen. Very simple tonight. I want to ask the question, what about tomorrow? This message is not for just old people or young people. It's for all of us. How many of you know tonight that it doesn't uh, just the, the number of the year that you were born has no effect on the year that you are going to die? And we are faced on days like this, but on many other days as well, with tragic losses. I just had a customer reach out to me, somebody who was actually my very first customer for my, my, my own business. A guy who has been kind to me and, uh, and has given me business and has uh, talked about my services to other people. And uh, his, uh, his friend, his acquaintance, uh, her name was Susan. She had a 36-year-old son that just this week had a heart attack and passed into eternity. And he's explaining to me how tragic this is for their family. 36 years old. You know, I'm, I'm older than that. <laughs> and the reason I mention that is because just because we are of a certain age or time in our lives or season or we see ourselves as strong, better off than other people, no one is immune tonight, including you. My first point tonight is very simply, tomorrow is not guaranteed. Even though we very often make that assumption when I wake up tomorrow. There's a number of people who go to bed tonight who will not wake up tomorrow. Uh, when I was um, about, I don't know, maybe eight or nine years old, maybe you'll remember this better than me, Mom. Uh, we had a, my mother's cousin went to bed one night and she vomited while she was sleeping. And she drowned in her own vomit and died as her daughter sleeping next to her. She did not wake up the next morning. It was unexpected. It was shocking. She was 38 years old, same as me. Maybe you have your own story. Someone that you knew, someone that you loved, who woke up or went to bed and within 24 hours passed into eternity. Listen, nobody plans to die suddenly. 
and yet it happens every single day. And it's so easy for us to forget this, beloved, that our lives are not guaranteed. If you be honest, you went to bed last night with the full expectation that you would wake up on Sunday morning. But for many people, that did not happen, including Kobe Bryant. As you sit here tonight, most of you are expecting once again to go peacefully to your bed, as you always do, and wake up again on Monday morning ready to go to work or wherever you go on Monday mornings. But for a number of people, that does not happen. That will not happen. And we, because of the pattern of life, because of the way things happen, we, we do this ritual again and again, and it, we think that, oh, the sun is rising tomorrow, so probably I will too. But this is what our scripture is speaking to tonight, is this assumption that life will continue as it always has. Verse 13 again says, Come now, you who say... Today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city, spend a year, buy and sell, make a profit. This is what we want to do with life. It's a certain confidence that things are going to play out the way that we expect. If there's one thing that we can expect from life, it's the unexpected. Things happen that we never saw coming. How many of you, your life has been radically altered by something you didn't plan for? The Bible begins to speak to us tonight about having that false confidence in the future. It speaks to the person who's making plans for this or that, for for that time or when this comes to pass. And could it be tonight that that future will never take place? I have news for you tonight. There is no guarantee. Not from God. Not from the pastor, not from the government, that you will have tomorrow. This could very well be your last service. I pray it's not. This could be your last time in the potter's house. This could be your last time fellowshipping together on this side of eternity. Could it be tonight? You know, I think back to September 11th, and for those of us old enough to remember it, There were about 3,000 people on September 11, 2001 that woke up thinking it was just another normal Tuesday who lost their lives because airplanes were crashing into buildings. Pastor, why are you trying to scare us? Sometimes when sudden tragedies occur, it is very healthy for us to remember this truth. Death rate for human beings is still 100%. And we will not escape that unless Jesus comes back first. Jesus told us a parable, Luke chapter 12. The parable of the rich fool who said to himself, I will build barns and bigger barns. He said to himself, I have have enough sumptuous living I will eat, drink, and be merry. I will plan for the future. I will make sure everything is taken care of. God said to him, This night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you have provided? 
And the sad thing is that in this life, we are all shocked and amazed that Kobe Bryant in the prime of his life, 41 years old, we're shocked and amazed that somebody at the pinnacle of his fame, the pinnacle of his power on earth, this is a man who could do whatever he wanted to do. He made over half a billion dollars in the NBA. That's not counting all of his advertising dollars and sponsorships. He's got wealth beyond his wildest dreams. He's got things going for him. He's got foundations. He's got programs. He's got businesses. He's got a family. He's got so many things that we look up to. But I wonder tonight, in the span of eternity, we, are all, we all know the name. Kobe Bryant. I, in fact, it was kind of funny when my wife and I mentioned this tonight, and uh, and we said the name Kobe Bryant, and my daughter, who's 11 years old, said, "Who's that?" And what that tells me tonight is that eventually there won't be many who know. Do you, could you name for me the top sports star from a hundred years ago? I bet you can't. In a hundred tonight, we are shocked and amazed that somebody could pass and slip into eternity so easily. But a hundred years from now, will anyone remember his name? It's a shock to think about. The reality of life tonight is that we are not guaranteed tomorrow. No matter what the world might say, friends, family, co-workers. The most important question is what does God say about you? Jesus called this rich man, he said, fool. He called him a fool. He had things together. He had his life planned and mapped out for the future. But God, when he spoke about that man, called him a fool. Why? Because This night, your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you have provided? In other words, tonight, here's a man who had made himself rich toward the world, but poor toward God. What about you tonight? The reality of life is that it is extremely precious. Every day and every moment that we have when we experience a tragic loss such as we have today, we must understand and be reminded that life is precious. And that's what our scripture says in James chapter 4, verse 14. It says, you do not know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor. A vapor. Tonight, our brother Dave, before the service, during the prayer meeting, he put on a, a teapot to cook some water to make some tea. And out of that teapot, as he began to boil that water, I saw the vapor as it became as it came boiling out of the spout of that teapot. You know that vapor is not there anymore. It appears for just a moment, and then. As the water cools, it vanishes away. A vapor tonight is exactly to describe the clouds in the sky as they pass overhead. And just like those clouds, our lives are here for a moment. 
and then they pass away. 2 Samuel 14, verse 14. For we will surely die and become like water spilled on the ground, which cannot be gathered up again. Tonight, I want to remind you, beloved, that your life is temporary. Your life on this earth will come to an end. My prayer is that God would give you long days. But we see today that not everyone will live to be 96 like my grandma. Job 7, verse 7, My days are swifter than a weaver's shuttle and are spent without hope. Remember that my life is a breath as a cloud disappears and vanishes so he who goes down to the grave does not come up. Job 14, 2, He comes forth like a flower and fades away. He flees like a shadow and does not continue. These are the pictures of life that the Bible is giving to us. A vapor, water spilled on the ground like a breath or a cloud or a flower. Tonight as we were driving to church, we, we looked out the window. We were talking about our homeowners association and how they provide. You know, they, they plant little flowers in the ground. and I'm passing by these sad looking little flowers, man. That in the cold, in the Virginia cold nights, they're wilting the, the leaves and the petals of those flowers. And they, man, they're looking pretty sad. I can tell that if something doesn't change, those little flowers, they're not going to last long. Can I tell you that it describes our life? Yes, we may get years in this life, but they're not guaranteed. Psalm 39.5, David said, you have... Made my days as handbreadths, and my age is nothing before you. Certainly every man at his best, every man at his best is but vapor. Think for a moment. How many billions of people have lived on this planet and have died? How many billions of generations that have lived on this planet? Right now, we're on planet Earth, we're close to about 8 billion people in population, right? We're getting close to 8 billion. But that's who are alive right now. But if you were to rewind the clock by 50 years or 60, 70 years, there's a whole different set of population at that time. And before that, billions more, right? How All of those billions of people who lived and existed and worked and raised families and, uh, and uh, made advancements and discoveries and things that you and I are doing every day, right? How many of them have lived and died and we don't know their names? We don't know their stories. Hopefully tonight my goal is to remind you how precious every moment of your day, every moment of your life. If you pass by any graveyard, listen, it's a very healthy experience. Go to a graveyard and look at the names. Look at the dates. Look at the inscriptions and imagine the lives of people you've never met. If all those people have died... It means that they're not, they're not going to live another day on this earth. They're in eternity now. 
Your life tonight has great value. Listen to what the Bible says about your life as it is right now. For him who is joined to all the living, there is hope. For a living dog is better than a dead lion. I love that scripture. If you are alive tonight, it means that you have a gift. You have a gift that generations of other people don't have. In Hebrews it says, For we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Who are those witnesses, beloved? The great cloud of witnesses who's looking down from heaven and observing our lives and watching what is taking place. You know who those witnesses are? Angels, perhaps. But primarily those are saints who have died and gone into the presence of God. Some of them you probably know tonight. They're looking down on us and watching life as it plays out on planet Earth. Can I tell you, the cloud of witnesses is in eternity, but the action is happening here on the earth for those who are living. We think that our lives are unimportant. We think that, uh, that you know, we, we can't make a huge difference with our lives, but I tell you tonight, all of heaven is watching. All of heaven is watching your life, your decisions, your purposes. Tomorrow is not guaranteed. Girls, you need to be quiet on the front row. And so let's think about this for just a moment. Tomorrow demands our attention for today. Let me, let me see your hand if you've ever had a near-death experience. Lift up your hand. You've been very close to death but survived. Maybe a car accident. Maybe a fishing expedition. Very close to death, but you survived. Let me ask you, why did you survive? I can remember, I've told this story before, but I can remember, I think it was my birthday. I was turning 13 years old, and uh, it was my sixth grade class, and we had a pool at the time. You might remember this, Mom. <laughs> and, uh, and I can remember, uh, you know, a, a pool full of 13-year-old boy, 12 and 13-year-old boys from my sixth grade class, and we were having a pool party. We had this little basketball hoop that we were playing basketball in the pool. And I remember that the, the ball bounced off the rim and landed right next to me. And so I jumped on top of it. And about 10 other 12-year-old boys jumped on top of me. And I went straight to the bottom of the pool. And they weren't trying to do this, but when I went down, all the air went out of my lungs. And I remember being down there and panicking flailing my arms and legs. And I can remember being so close to taking in a big breath of water. I probably could have died that day. People have died doing less than that. And I have to wonder why. Why, God, did you keep me alive? Well, because there's plans, isn't there? God protected you in times like that in your life. If it's true that you're alive today, the, the only reason that makes sense is because God has plans for you. That God has greater things for you to be doing. And that's what our scripture is all about tonight. Look at verse 15. Focusing on tomorrow. Instead, you ought to say, this is speaking again to the person, making assumptions about the future. 
Today, we're going to do this. Tomorrow, we'll do that. We'll go here. We'll go there. Instead, this is how we ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. The bottom line in this scripture is that we should live every day. If we believe that every moment is precious, then it ought to be lived for the will of God and not for selfish purposes. And that is true whether you are 90 years old or whether you're nine years old tonight. If the Lord wills, I want to be in the will of God. Because only a life lived in the perfect will of God is a life that will matter in eternity. This scripture is all about your attitude towards life. Let me ask you tonight, what are you living for? I pray, I, you know, I, I don't wish demise or, uh, or disaster upon anyone. But disaster comes. Jesus said that it rains on the just and the unjust. And if you found yourself in a tragic accident like Kobe Bryant, I wonder, could you look back at yesterday and today and say, I've been living for the will of God? Salvation, beloved, salvation is not something for tomorrow, but for today. I say this to people who put off and procrastinate about spiritual things. Yes, there is a a large number of people, and I used to be one of them. Oh, serving the Lord, that's for old people. Oh, going to church and, you know, being involved and praying and Bible reading, that's for the old fuddy-duddies. That's for the blue hairs. That's for the senior citizens. I want to live life. I want to do something exciting. Salvation, beloved, is not for tomorrow. It's for today. 2 Corinthians 6, verse 2. Now is the accepted time. Today is the day of salvation. I don't know exactly the, the condition of Kobe Bryant's soul. I pray that he was right with God. I know that he had some Catholic affiliation, but my prayer today as he perished in a terrible accident, that he stood before God and that he was saved. Don't wait, beloved, until it's too late because you have no plan outside of the will of God. Listen to what the Apostle Paul said about how we ought to treat our lives in light of eternity. Romans 12, verse 1, I beseech you, I implore you, I encourage you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. What does that tell us tonight? that our lives only make sense if we have the proper understanding that our lives are so fragile and precious. The only way truly to treat them right is to be a living sacrifice every day 
I'm not living for myself, for the things that I desire, for my comfort and my ease. I'm living to be a living sacrifice for the Lord. You know how Paul was able to write that and and preach that and encourage that in others? Because Paul had an understanding that we all need to have. That God had saved his life from the pit of hell. You remember where you came from? You remember what God saved you from? Do you remember the sins that were dragging you to a devil's hell? Do you remember, beloved, the blood of Jesus that washed you clean? Do you remember the sacrifice that Christ made for you on the cross and when you didn't deserve it, while you were yet a sinner, Christ came and died for the ungodly? And that means that we can't waste our lives with lesser things. That means we must be engaged and engaging in a life of service, sacrifice, in the will of God. We should be saying, we ought to be saying, if the Lord wills, I will do this. If the Lord wills, I will do that. In other words, our priority in life tonight, our priority is on the will of God. What about you this evening? As you've come into the play, into this place, no matter where you've come from or where you've been, tonight, this is the only moment that you have control. Right? You can't change the past. And you don't know what's happening in the future. But what you can do tonight is you can make a decision about what your life is going to look at look like in the future. You can make a decision tonight that will have an eternal effect on your future. You can make a decision to turn from sin, to separate yourself from evil, to repent and to believe in Christ, and to say, Lord, what I want to do with my life is not my will, but your will be done. And here's the amazing thing. When you make a decision like that, when you begin to live according to the will of God, then your life has more impact than just here on this earth. Kobe certainly made incredible impact while he was here on the earth. But in the light of eternity, the things that are most effectual about the life of Kobe Bryant is what he did for Jesus. The trophies aren't going to matter. The money doesn't matter. Only what he did for the Lord. And let me say that that is true for you tonight. All the accomplishments all the promotions, all the labors that you do on this life, in this world, you know what? That's going to be forgotten. Heaven does not keep a record of what you do in the flesh. Oh, but in all eternity will keep a record and will be celebrated the things that you do by faith. The decisions that you make in faith. The the sacrifices that you make for the Lord, those things are marked well and are rewarded by heaven. And for all eternity, 10,000 years from now, will be celebrated. And my call tonight is to have heavenly perspective about what you are doing now. What is it that you have done today that will be remembered 
10,000 years and 100,000 years from now? Is there anything that you've done in the last week that is making heavenly impact? Who have you witnessed to? Because listen, when you witness to people and tell them about Jesus, that has eternal impact. When you read your Bible and pray and are well-versed in spiritual uh, habits, those things have eternal impact. When you give in the offering plate, yes? Eternal impact. So many of the things that we do that we think are so important will fade in a very short time. But my call this evening is to count our days. The Psalm of Moses says, Lord, help us to number our days. Each one would be precious. That we would take the time to love our families and hold them tight and live in the will of God, because this is what truly matters in eternity. Let's bow our heads for just a few moments this evening as we bring this service to a close. I was so shocked to see this news as it flashed on my screen of my smartphone. The news alert that Kobe Bryant tragically perished in a helicopter accident. But can I tell you, The shock that we all have as a result of that is only because he is a celebrity, he's famous, he's an NBA superstar. The reality is stories like that happen every single day. People old and young. You're never too young to pass into eternity. There's no guarantee for tomorrow. And that's why my first call this evening, with our heads bowed for just a moment, my first call is to those, you'll be honest for just a moment, and you'll say, Pastor, I'm not right with God. My sins are destroying me. I know that I've rebelled against God and against heaven. I've rebelled and I've broken His laws, and my guilt is eating me up. My conscience is pricking me tonight and what I desperately need, I need forgiveness and I need healing. This world cannot offer you that forgiveness. No church, no pastor, no priest, no rabbi can offer you that forgiveness. There's only one who can forgive of sins and that is our God in heaven through Jesus Christ. The sacrifice that was made on the cross that blood that was shed and the body that was broken 2,000 years ago, that sacrifice was not for no reason. But it was for you. To cover the stains of your sins. To wash and purify you and give you a new start that you could live for a greater purpose than just selfish desires. That you... We thank you again for listening. Do you want to receive updates from our church in your inbox? Make sure to sign up at our website, vbph.org. If this message has been a blessing to you, would you consider supporting our ministry with a generous donation? Please visit our website, vbph.org, and scroll down to find the Give button 
at the bottom of the page. We would be so grateful for your support. Until next time, love God and love people.